Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 10. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Jesus was telling us a story The story is known as the Good Samaritan. And there was a lawyer who, earlier in chapter 10, you can read this in your own time, there was a lawyer who came to Jesus and asked him, what does a man have to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul. And then Jesus said, to love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, This lawyer asked Jesus this question because he was trying to trap Jesus. Remember I told you that? I also told you last week that to try to trap Jesus is a mistake. Let the church say amen. Not good. So then Jesus began, he said, the, the lawyer said, well, then who is my neighbor? And Jesus began to tell him a story. Jesus said there was a man who was lying on the side of the road. He was robbed and beaten and bloodied and left for dead. And there was a priest and a Levite traveling by. And when they saw the man, they crossed over to the other side of the street and they didn't want to help the man. Then Jesus went on to tell the story and he said there was a Samaritan. A Samaritan were hated. The Samaritans were hated by the Jews. A Samaritan is a half Jew and half Gentile. Jesus said there was a Samaritan that comes along and he picks up the man and he puts him on the donkey and he takes him to a hotel and he pays for his care. And then Jesus asked this lawyer, this scribe, he said, which one do you think was more a neighbor to the man? And the Lord said, the lawyer said, the one who showed mercy. And Jesus said, bingo, go and do it. Bingo is in the Greek language. And if y'all read your Bible, you would know that. He says, go and do it. In other words, listen, Jesus was making the point that your neighbor is anyone Jew, Gentile. Are you listening? Jew, Gentile, black, white, Indian, rich, poor, anyone who needs your help is your neighbor. Also, as we can you say amen. Also, as we pointed out last week, that the story is to teach us and to help us to understand that although we may have a lot of theology and you think that you're spiritual because of what you know, it means nothing if you don't allow your knowledge of the word of God to translate into practical application. In other words, don't just talk the talk, but do what? Walk the walk, you know that. Why? Because true religion has legs. True religion has arms on it. And that proves that you know God. So put some legs on your theology. We talked about that last week. Well, this morning, 
we come to another short story of an individual who was a lot of walk, a lot of doing, 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 but very little devotion. A lot of duty, but very little devotion. I titled this sermon, you guessed it, Duty versus Devotion. Luke chapter 10, we pick up our study in verse 38. If you're looking at it, say amen. Amen. Now what happened as they went, he entered a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him, and she said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, 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 Martha. I think he probably said it six times. Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. Would you underline that one thing? One thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Jesus leaves talking to this lawyer from last week, and Jesus and his disciples, they enter a certain village. The village or the city that they enter, you can write this in your margin, is the city of Bethany. The city of Bethany is located right across from the Temple Mount. They enter into the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus, who lives in the city of Bethany. Mary and Martha and Lazarus are good friends with Jesus. They're like family. So they welcome Jesus and his disciples into their home. Now, Mary and Martha are sisters. And like sisters, if you have a sister, you know what I'm talking about. Like sisters, they couldn't be more different. They couldn't be more different. Martha was the busy type. I get the impression Martha was one of those people who had the list. (laughs) Anybody know what kind of, you know what people I'm talking about? They have a list. They have a list for everything. Matter of fact, between services, I met some lady. She came up to me and she says, I'm one of those people with the list. You have to kind of say it like that too, the list. And she had a list for everything. I'm sure Martha did. She had a list of what was going to happen here and what was going to happen there. She had a list for the food that she was going to serve and a list for the time that she was going to serve it. And at the time, a list for the time that she's going to clean, a list for the kids and time for them to do their homework, a time for them to eat their cookies and milk, a time for them to play, a time for them to stop playing. You know, these kind of people, I got to be honest with you, these kind of people tend to be a bit unflexible and a Got to be honest and tell you, people who have a list, I don't really, I'm not a list person. Let me say it this way here. Let me rephrase it. I'm not a list person. I just function in the moment. I am not a list person. Whatever happens, happens. That's the way I am. You know, if I, in the moment, if I feel like slapping you, I just slap you. I mean, 
I'm, just, I'm not. A, I'm just. I'm in the moment. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm just a kind of in the moment person. I'm not really by the list, and you know, got to do this. By I'm not like that. So if you're a list person. More power to you, but I'm just, you know, I'm just not a list person. Mary, she probably was a list person. I mean, Mary, she, and, and I think that as you read the Bible, I think that Mary kind of gets a bad rap. Because people say, you know, oh, uh, pardon me, Martha. People say, oh, Martha, Martha, oh, busy, 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 busy as a bee, Martha. I think Martha kind of gets a bad rap because, you know, when you think about it and when you study the scriptures, notice the Bible tells us that it was Martha who opened her home to Jesus. John chapter 9, if you're taking notes, you write that down. John chapter 9 tells us the religious leaders, get this, the religious leaders said that if anyone had anything to do with the carpenter from Galilee, that they would be excommunicated from the synagogue. So Martha is putting herself, listen, she's putting herself and her family at risk to have Jesus over for lunch. John chapter 11, when Jesus received word that Martha's brother, Lazarus, was dead, four days later, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go to Lazarus, who is asleep. And his disciples, they didn't get it. I told you, disciples, they weren't really that quick. They, really, they were like most of us. Not, they weren't that quick. The disciples said, Jesus said that, that, that Lazarus was asleep, and the disciples said, well, if he's asleep, then he'll wake up. Jesus probably said, duh. I mean, you really don't get it. Then he had to plainly say, you look at John 11 in your own time and you'll know. Then he had to plainly say, Lazarus is dead. And then Thomas said, well, let's go die with him. Now, I honestly tried to understand that comment, and I still today, I do not understand. It was like Jesus and the disciples, it was probably like one of those awkward moments when he said, well, let's go die with them. They probably were like, what does that mean? I mean, nobody knows what it means. Let's go die with them. So Jesus is about two miles away, and Martha hears that Jesus is on the way. So she runs out to meet him and she said, Jesus, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have been, wouldn't have died. But even now, get this from Martha, busy, 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 Martha. She said, Jesus, if you wouldn't have been, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But even now, if you ask God for anything, he will give it to you. I think that's awesome because Martha had a deeper spiritual knowledge of Jesus than the lawyer, the scribe the biblical scholar that we looked at last week and the scribe is walking around spewing out spiritual knowledge and looking pious and holy and here Martha understands who Jesus is and she understands him so much that she's serving. So Martha is busy getting stuff together for lunch for Jesus and his disciples and oh, busy, busy bee, Martha. But I think we need to be fair because she probably just wanted everything to be right for Jesus. I mean, if Jesus were coming over to your house for lunch or for dinner, you would want everything to be right, wouldn't you? I mean, think about it. You're having God over for dinner. <laughs> now, how many in this room has ever had God over for dinner? If you raise your hand, then you must be on something. Because <laughs> I can tell you it wasn't God. He's in your heart but he wasn't sitting at your table eating no food. Can the church say amen? 
You know what I'm talking about. Okay. She's having God over for dinner, and she wants everything to be right. I mean, she's probably thinking, you know, what are we going to eat? We're going to eat lobster, maybe steak. I mean, what should we serve? Maybe lamb? Oh, no, we can't serve lamb. He's a shepherd, and shepherds don't eat the sheep. I mean, you'll get that on the way home. And we can't serve that. You know, I mean, think about it. If Jesus were coming to your house next Saturday for lunch, what would you do? You'd probably finally clean up. probably vacuum the floor and of course you'd give the kids the the instruction i mean you you got god coming over now you probably give the kids now listen kids god is coming over and there's certain things that we just don't want to say okay so you don't want to point out certain things you know when i you know if i go over people's house first thing i do when i get a moment i want to spend some time with the kids I get a parents go away. I go now. Tell me, what did your mom and dad tell you not to tell Pastor Rodney? <laughs> well, they told us don't tell you where the liquor cabinet is, which is right there. <laughs> not y'all. I know. No, I know it's not y'all. I'm just telling. That's just I, these are I'm, these are things that I've heard. That's all I'm saying. I know it's not you. Well, kids, they'll tell you what, they they told me that liquor is right there, and they told me not to tell you where to, well, what else did they tell you? (laughs) But I mean, Mary, I mean, Martha and Mary, Jesus is coming over there, and you got to understand, this is a big thing. Now, notice in verse 39, again, in your Bibles, Martha is doing stuff, and Mary, are you looking at verse 39? And Mary sat at Jesus' feet, and she heard the word. Three times, if you're taking notes, you write this down. Three times when you see Mary mentioned in the Gospels, each time she is seen at the feet of Jesus. Isn't that interesting? The first time is in John chapter 11. Mary is running out to Jesus because her brother Lazarus is dead and she fell at his feet. And she said, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. John chapter 12, the second time, Mary worshiped Jesus and she opens an alabaster box of very costly, listen, an alabaster box of very costly perfume. And the Bible says that she poured it on Jesus. And can you imagine? She pours this very, not a little dab. You know, we take a, a very costly bottle of perfume. We put a little, little dab. I don't want to put too much now. Because we need to keep that stuff. That was expensive. We put a little dab right here, a little dab right there. If you're going out on a date, you put a little dab right here, a little dab right there. But she took a very costly bottle of perfume and poured it over Jesus. And can you get the scene? Can you in your mind's eye? Can you get the scene? It's just coming down his face. It's soaking up his beard. It's fragrant. It's sweet and the aroma is beautiful and it's dripping down onto his clothes and it goes all the way down to his feet. We know that because the Bible tells us it was at that point that Mary got on her knees and she began to wipe his feet with her. She began to wipe his feet with her hair and her hair began to smell like Jesus. And can you imagine just kind of what the room smelled like? Probably sweet, fragrant. Why? Because wherever Jesus is, listen, it's always going to be a sweet smell. Isn't that true? Whether it's church or home 
or in your car, in your family room, in your movie room, if Jesus is there, it's going to be sweet. So the house is fragrant. And Mary begins to smell like Jesus. And she begins to smell like that, 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 that fragrant perfume. And isn't it true? I think it's true. You will look and smell like the thing you worship. Did you know that? You will look and smell like the thing you worship. That's why we tell you, listen, it is important for you to worship God. It's important for you to worship Jesus because if you worship Jesus, you will have the fragrance and the aroma of Christ. Have you ever met somebody and they, and you look at them and you go, man, there's something different about you. And they, you can look in their face and they've got the light of the Lord in their face. Anybody know? Just raise your hand. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. Raise your hand if you're breathing. Uh, <laughs> Raise your hand if you need coffee. Raise your hand if you need some money. <laughs> Everybody's hand went up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you'd be somebody that just look different. And you know, there's something different about you. And man, you smell different. And you stand there and you go, hmm, something funky. I mean, no. I'm <laughs> No, something's beautiful. It's smell. Because you start to, you start to uh, smell like and you start to look like even the thing that you worship. You know when the Bible says that we are being changed from glory to glory? Do you know what that means? That means that the more you spend time with Jesus, the more you spend time in his word, the more you spend time in worship, the more you spend time in service, the more you spend time like Mary, we'll get to it, sitting at his feet, you are changing from glory to glory. You're, you're becoming more and more like him. And isn't that what the Christian life is supposed to be? We're supposed to be coming, be becoming more and more like Jesus. I'm glad four people agree with that. We're supposed to be becoming, so we change from glory to glory. So the more time you spend with them, the more you begin to look like them. The more time you spend with them, the more that you begin to even smell like him. Whatever you worship, that's what you will start to become. Where you get that from, Rodney? If you're taking notes, you write this down. It's in Psalm 135, verse 15. It says, their idols are silver and gold, the work of man's hands, and those, listen, those who make them are like them. And so is everyone who trusts in them. The more you worship, whatever it is you worship, you are becoming like it. If you worship 50 Cent, Because I give him a buck to go away, but okay, fine. But if you worship 50 Cent, you're going to start looking and acting. You worship Britney Spears? I know. Ooh. <laughs> Heard that half of the room go, ooh. You're going to start becoming. You ever see people? I saw people like that. They're, they're, they're idols and they start dressing like them and looking like them. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And they start dressing and looking like them. And start acting like them. You worship, you know, you got, in our culture, our culture, we are into idol worship. I don't care what nobody says. 
We are a idol worshiping culture and we love a new idol. The new one now everybody's talking about the movie Twilight. Y'all see that movie Twilight, the saga, the saga. You know why it's a saga? Because they want to keep getting your money. Y'all think, oh, the saga, we got the saga. The saga is you a chump. We want to keep getting your money. I'm sorry. Can you say that from the pulpit? Well, I guess I just did. Oh, the saga. And this guy, somebody told me his name last time, Robert Patterson. Is that right? Anybody know? Don't act like y'all don't know. Y'all seem like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even watch movies. That guy, it's like, and they've taken that. I've seen the trailers and I've seen enough of it on TV and so on and so forth. They've made this whole vampire thing seem normal. Can I tell you something? There's nothing normal about vampires. I want you to clap your hands because that's, that's got to be the truth. I don't know that much, but I know that. Ain't nothing normal about vampires. Ain't nothing normal. They try to make all oh, they in love. The vampire's in love. And then they try to make them like they love and they're doing the right thing. Don't you know that is nothing but Satan seducing our culture? And all of a sudden now we're just accepting anything. You got to be careful what you watch. Don't misunderstand me. I like movies. Some of y'all are like, why? I like movies. I told you this before. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not embarrassed of this. I like movies. And I especially like movies that blow stuff up. <laughs> Let the fella say amen. Let me tell you, I don't need any, I don't need dialogue in a movie. I don't need a script. All I need is stuff to blow up. Just blow everything up. Blow the movie theater up. I'll come out, fire on my back, go, woo, that was a good movie. Goodness gracious. We got to go see that again. <laughs> I don't have any problem with movies. Don't misunderstand me. But what I'm asking you is that you have to be discretionary about the movies that you watch and the things that you allow and the things that you allow. Watch this. You're going to love it. Your children to see. It's not good. Taking your kids to see, ask my family. We go to a movie and I have any doubts whatsoever. Like Christmas, we go to a movie because ain't nothing to do. Especially like, you know, after we worship Jesus and everything. <laughs> I mean, y'all, you got, you got me. Okay. All right. So, you know, so we go to movies and, you know, if I have any question, doubt whatsoever about that movie, whatsoever. I don't care what. Some people like, they have their like list of how bad is it. To me, if it's any bad, none of my kids are going and trust my kids are all grown. They're grown. You're not going with me. Then you grown. Do what you want away from me. But I've always 
guarded my children and guarded my wife because you got to watch what goes in their eyes. You got to watch the video games that they play. Some of this stuff is awful. Our culture is obsessed with the supernatural. All these shows about paranormal. I could keep you all here all day about this. Okay, let me just stop. All these shows about, I got one more thing to say. All these shows, all this stuff about the paranormal and all of that stuff, we got to be careful because the thing that we worship, we are going to become like that thing. And we want to be like Jesus. We want to be like Jesus. I do. So we need to worship Jesus. Now, I want to point out something, kind of a side note, but not really. Look at verse 38, if you will. It tells us, verse 38 tells us that the house was Martha's house. John chapter 11, look this up in your own time. John chapter 11, verse 1 tells us that Jesus came to the town of Mary. So the house, notice, is Martha's, but the town is Mary's. Now, I find that to be interesting, and I think it kind of speaks of the difference in their personalities. Mary was out among the people, loving on people, being a blessing to people, listening to people, counseling with people, telling people they need to get at the feet of Jesus, where Martha, she was in the town. Martha was at home, cleaning and vacuuming and straightening up and making sure the pictures were straight on the wall and wiping the tables off and cleaning the windows. The house was Martha's. The town was Mary's. Look at verse 39. Again, I want you to know and note something here. Notice it says that Mary also, are you looking at that word also? Mary also sat at Jesus' feet, which meant that Martha did too. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch, in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.